My mother raised three grown sons, Buster, Bill, and me. Buster was the black sheep of our little family. Mother tried to break him of his rough and rowdy ways. Finally had to get the judge to give him 90 days and didn't he ramble? Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. It's Combine Week, and we've got our good friend on, Jordan Renan. We talked to him for about 45 minutes. We talked Daniel Jones, Saquon, another player who we spent too much time talking about. Justin, how are you doing? Bobby Skinner, hello. It's Combine Week. Jordan Renan kept saying multiple times, a lot of times, that we're going to find out, or at least the beat reporters are, they're going to find out a lot about what the Giants are going to kind of do in free agency. This is going to be the the week that will kind of launch and propel them forward. And, you know, uh, as we have been since the season has ended, we are waiting on Daniel Jones contract extension news. We're waiting on Saquon Barkley contract extension news. And then we will be able to, you know, kind of get a read on what the Giants are going to do and what they're going to be able to do for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, so Joe Shane, Brian Day will have their press conferences as you're probably listening to this today. I don't. I don't expect much to get out of it, but pay attention to like the the combine notebooks that come out. I remember, you know, Logan Ryan was talked about as a possible release after the combine, and everyone, even the other reporters, like that's crazy. And Pat Leonard ended up being right about it. So we'll. I think we'll find out some good stuff this week in the combine. Justin, we'll we'll talk about this more on Friday. The combine matters more than I th- we originally used to think. Where it's like you know, combine doesn't mean anything. No, it, it kind of does. Like you look at star players, they usually fall into certain categories when it comes to their speed, height, weight, arm length type categories. So I, I'm actually I'm way more invested. I'm not like it's it kind of helps you confirm stuff, right? It's like yeah. okay, this guy does have star ability. Where I, I think you can hurt more than help. But I'm excited for the combine this week. Um, so yeah, we got we got 45 minutes with Jordan. We'll get right into that, Justin. Or first, this episode was brought to you by some special people. First, I've been forgetting to do this lately, especially for receivers. The 40 yard dash. You know, we we this is like the first year where I can get like legitimately excited about a receiver running a cool, good 40 yard dash and be like, oh, maybe a giant. Yeah, uh, this episode was brought to you by Townsend Larmore. Townsend is such a great. First name. It's a great first name. Larry Rubin. I think that guy's on Shark Tank. Steve uh, Donnelly. Uh, not, we have another Donnelly in here. Maybe they're related. AJ Condry and a Condry. Tobus and, and Tobias Comenga. We've already talked about him with Tobias Harris. Justin, who are these people? These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants. Uh, $2 a month plus mother tears. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. The Daniel Jones contract, Saquon Barkley, whatever news is going to be a really cool and fun episode to be part of. So you want to be part of the best community of Giants fans out there. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. Plus, there's some shirt raffles a couple times a month. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Anything else we got to shout out before we get into this interview? Yeah, we got to talk about DraftKings. What's better than watching the NBA action being part of it? That's right. With DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, you can tap into all of the excitement with the click of a button. New customers can place $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets. If your team wins, it's that simple. Plus, for a limited time, 
All customers can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your bonus back, your bonus bet back. I want you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code WORLD. That's Talking Giants versus the World. New customers can place $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sports Sportsbook with code WORLD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's kick it to Jordan Ronan. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. I will now welcome on to the program. We've had you on pre-free agency the last couple of years, so I think that's kind of a tradition now in Talking Giants. ESPN. This is pre-combine now, Bobby. That's a little bit more difficult, you know. But yeah, pre-combine, pre-free agency. We welcome on Jordan Renan if you didn't, if you didn't hear the voice. First question. So you're going to be at the combine for uh, the press conferences when people are listening to this podcast. Can the beat reporter as a group just create one really good Daniel Jones question for Joe Shane and then you guys ask him other things besides Daniel Jones? Yeah, I'm sure it won't work that way. <laughs> no. I just I want to I want to get some info out of Joe Shane and I know I know I'm going to be like Listening intently to 20 straight Daniel Jones questions. Well, let me explain to you how these interviews at the Combine go. Ready? So you want us to give you all this information that you could then use by sitting at home, right? So Mm -hmm. usually the guy goes at the podium. You ask the the necessary questions that you need to be on camera, right? And people from outside, you know, national people, they pop in. And then – most of the time, the general manager, the coach, whatever, they'll talk again on the side. Whereas then we're not giving you all the free information. So then, oh, hey, look, hey, you guys got everything. And yet we're, we didn't even get to our computer yet. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing is I, I want to be benefited from this. Yeah, um, I know. And, 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 and everyone else has a different agenda, obviously. You'll you- probably have less of a crowd than usual because when Dave Gettleman was the GM, everyone would swarm to there to get the funny quotes out of him. I miss him. Um, but see, so. that's what you want. You want the national people to eventually take – like you have to ask, Dad, you know, what's going on with the $45 million, Daniel Jones, blah, blah, blah. And then you have national people come in, wrap it up, you know, filibuster for the last five, seven minutes, kill that time. You get the guy to the side. You ask all the questions you need. Now you have – stories basically for the next month and you know not everybody has Mm. it's not out there for everybody look at that that's that's how you win let's let's get to the meat and tomatoes you reported this why did daniel jones switch agents uh yeah it's a good question i mean so my understanding of this is that first of all let's just look at it from a fact perspective right he has the same agent since he's drafted. He could have changed agents any time over the last four years. Right? Yeah, CAA is no, like, they're no little guys, you know? No, they're big guys. Like, they represent basically every Southern and SEC quarterback, okay? Uh, why did Eli Manning was CAA. You know, Peyton Manning was CAA. Like, they, that, they, Will Levis is CAA. Like, uh, is Bryce Young is CAA. Like, they're all, that's how this works. Uh, so the, the, he didn't change agents for four years. Now, all of a sudden, a week before the franchise deadline, 
right? Franchise tag deadline. Uh, a couple weeks before free agency, all of a sudden he switches. So there's obviously something here, and this is from what I understand. Then the go, you know, negotiations, and I use negotiations to so like people talk, right? His people have, were talking to the Giants. Maybe they weren't putting a firm offer, but like they kind of everyone knows the range that they're they're in, right? Now and, and like now they go to the combine and they'll they'll get into that even more. But when you're talking about a quarterback, it's a discussion they've been having. Okay. And he wasn't happy with the way it was going. And so he made the change. And and look, these the idea that he's asking for a lot of money is not outrageous. I mean, I, I think that's actually reality. I mean, from what you hear, that sounds like the case. Now, I don't know necessarily if that $45 million number is real. What I heard is there's people in his camp who think he's worth more than 40. Okay, so what's the difference at this point? The, the thing is, and my thing, what I said in my podcast the other day, was there's no reason to even have this discussion because the Giants are never going there. They're not going there. They have a $32 million franchise tag. They're not going to pay him $42, $45 million a year. It's not even worth wasting our time in that conversation. So is this just ended for, is this heading towards a franchise tag? Uh, we'll see. Look, if the number's 42 and the Giants number's 35, there's a reasonable 38 number to come up with right there, right? I mean, that's not – I don't think that's outrageous to think that that can happen. Uh, but in the meantime, right now, if I had a guess, it, it does seem to be heading that – this week is a big week. Let's see what happens at the Combine before we make any guesses because that's when uh, Joe Shane and the Giants people get to sit down face-to-face with the agents and a lot of things get hammered out or at least uh, – the structure of things and the, the the bones of everything get hammered out in Indianapolis during the combine. Jordan, I go back and forth on so you know so many things just with how you know with what Jones is worth, but partially what I really think of and I ask myself is what what's the sense on the kind of offense the Giants want to have moving forward with Daniel Jones at the head of their quarterback, right? Because the Giants had a tale of two seasons. They kind of had that run-heavy approach for basically 75% of the season. And then even the last part of the season, they started throwing the ball on early downs, but they weren't airing it out. You know, the average depth of target was still very low. It was, you know, very, very quick reads for Daniel Jones, especially on, on early downs. So do you get any sense with why this offense was so conservative last year from a passing depth standpoint? Is it solely Daniel Jones? Is it wide receivers, O-line? And because when I think about when the Giants putting this big financial investment in Daniel Jones, the projection on where this coaching staff and where Joe Shane sees the offense is a huge part of that, at least in my opinion. I think that they would like to have an offense like they had in Buffalo, right? Like that's what they want. The idea that Daniel Jones can't is not a good – remember a couple years back we were – Daniel Jones' strong point was actually throwing the deep ball. Right. Right? Now, maybe we can sit here and we can nitpick. He's not great with going through his reads, getting you know, getting to that deep ball. But I don't think that's the primary reason. Look, he is part of the reason they ran the offense that they did. But I think it's more so the fact that they entered the season, they realized our best player is our running back. Our offensive line is better in run blocking. We can't really pass protect that well. Like our only we and then the receivers were 
dust balls by like the middle of the season. Marcus Johnson started a lot of games. Okay. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Marcus Johnson, David Sills. Uh, I'm missing another guy in this group. Who who else started? That's like a random name. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Kenny Galladay. Oh, I, I thought Bobby chimed in somebody. No, no it, was, it was. I think the the random guys were Marcus. It's so crazy how a guy like Isaiah Hodgins was like a god. He dropped by the Bills and was like a godsend to this roster. That's how bad the wide receiver group was. Yeah, so I think that 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 more than Daniel Jones contributed to the offense. I think they would love to open it up. Trust me, they know that winning this league, you throw early. Uh, you know, you run late. They you, you throw the ball down the field. You score points uh, by throwing. Think about what Brian Dable did that final year in. Uh, Buffalo, like he barely ran the ball. Was that his final year or the second or last year? Whatever it his was. Fi- his final year is when they were the they, fans were mad because they never ran the ball. They basically threw out the idea of running the football. Like the old, the running game was Josh Allen for the most yeah. part. It's going to be based on their personnel. I mean, that's obviously what he likes to do. Like he comes from that Belichick tree. He's way more Belichickian, by the way, and people don't realize this than Joe Judge, like a hundred percent. Like he is way more Belichickian in, in a lot of ways than Joe Judge. Why do you say that? Just the way he approaches it, he tries to tell you nothing, the way he talks. I mean, uh, a lot of the things he does, I mean, he, he's almost like when it comes to injuries, he's just like, hey, this is football. Get back out there. You know, like he, ha- he has that side to him very much. So. Now, he's there's differences also. He's way more uh, country club-like in regards to practices and stuff. Like Joe Judge practiced hard and long. Brian Dable practices short. Uh, you know, it's like, and like, look, players love that. Obviously they don't want to work and they, they want, they would, they'd rather not practice, but, but just the way he operates in general, you could see a lot of that New England Patriots roots. I mean, that's where he spent the majority of his career. Yeah. So we're talking about the wide receiver core and the passing, like there's entire pass concepts from Buffalo that they use a lot that they didn't use one time, uh, this season. And right now with the wide receiver core, it's, what are you talking about in particular? You have anything on the top of your head? Like a Mills concept with like the deep post, the deep end. We are trying to get like a safety to jump think on stuff. That they thought they could protect on the interior to do a lot of that stuff. I think that was a big part of why they had to run what they did. And that's a play where you need. So with that, the wide receiver room is almost more of a question mark than it was at the end of last season. Darius Slayton's a free agent. Your only returning wide receivers are. Isaiah Hodgins and then Wandale Robinson and Con- Colin Johnson coming off of torn ACLs. Like, is are is there any sense that they're going to be aggressive to fix this? Like, could we see a, a first-round trade for uh, a, a star wide receiver that opens up? I don't think that's out of the question. I think by Joe Shane is going to explore all possibilities. I mean, it depends who's available. Like, I know everybody wants to bring up T. Higgins, but are the, are the Cincinnati Bengals really going to make T. Higgins available? I don't right? think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Personally, I mean, yeah, that kind of move makes sense. But they're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. So they have a wide receiver on a cheap deal for one more year. You let him play on that one more year in their situation. And then you go and franchise him next year. And then you can trade him if you want, right? Yeah. So why do that now for a team in their situation? So I don't know who that guy is. Maybe if he finds it, I wouldn't. Joe Shane. I think would be aggressive to make those kind of moves. I do. I think he's going to be an aggressive general manager. He traded Kadarius Tony, right? Yeah. I, I know it was aggressive in the opposite direction, but that was an aggressive move there 
when everybody knew they needed wide receivers. And what did he do? He traded away their most talented wide receiver. And yeah. we, we, you saw what happened in Kansas City. You see why they traded him away. And then you see why he's such a lightning rod because he's so damn talented. So I think they're going to be active in free agency and the draft in regards to wide receivers. Mm. Who in free agency kind of piques your interest? Because, I mean, Darius Slayton has the fourth most receiving yards out of yeah. all free agents. I mean, really, Juju was the only guy that is like, okay, even then, I, I, I don't know how much is Juju going to cost. Like, there's, you don't see those guys out there unless Hear you say me out that, on this don't, one now. don't okay. say it. The, okay, there's not a lot of options, right? There may be not be a no, true number one option this year. It might be a thing the Giants have to put off until another year. Yeah. Odell Beckham is a guy you you could take a shot on if the price is right. He could maybe play. You could at least – there is some hope that he could play at a pseudo number one level still. And then, you know, you could still add in the draft. And you, you get a wide receiver. Let's say you had a wide receiver in the second round of the draft. You had Odell. You put Wandell in there. And you re-sign – I don't know. One of the guys, right? Let's I guess Slayton. He would still need an outside guy. Like, you try and get by with that for one year. It's certainly an improvement on what you had, right? It's not ideal, but you tell me, where's the ideal situation? I'm having trouble landing on the ideal situation. No, Bobby, I don't think there is an Bobby's ideal. Bobby's losing his mind over here. You can see. <laughs> just, well, just throw smart, tough, dependable out. You know, you know, dumb, injury-prone, and undependable. Um, which I, which I, 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 I do agree with that with uh with with bringing Odell back. I mean, for a one year deal, there may not be a better a better solution. But I mean, smart. I do think you do throw smart, tough, dependable out the window. And you know, if there's, I'm hope what I'm hoping Joe Shane is as a GM is what Dave Gettleman wasn't, and doing what you preach and acting. Look, not everyone's going to be smart, tough, dependable. Okay, I know, yeah, but yeah. I at least want the guys that aren't to be 22 Every and not injury prone. That's just the way it is. I had somebody tell me that once who works in the league. Tell me, like, every locker room has shipping. The idea is I to agree. create an atmosphere around them, an environment that's strong enough to be able to support those people. Yeah, I want those but, guys to be 23, not, you know, 30 years old and unbelievably injury prone. We're talking like, about a, we're talking about a short-term solution here because there aren't many great, like, you, does Jacoby Myers do it for you? No, but I, I don't, I, I also don't want to just, I don't want to, like, because it's such a big need, I don't want to just be like, I don't want to do something that we wouldn't usually do just to fill that hole for a one year. Like, I don't want the fact that they like made the playoffs accelerate, like make them make them do desperate things. You know, I don't want them to do what Dave Gettleman. Did, I don't think that's desperate. I think that's filling a gap for a year. Like you have to fill a gap, right? You're going to have to fill out the roster. How are you going to fill out the rosters if you don't take a risk on somebody at wide receiver? If that number one isn't there available in trade. I mean, I'd rather just bring back Darius Slayton. And have him as your one? Yes. Wow. It's tough. I don't know. You could at least, I don't know. To me, and I like Slayton. I think he's a quality player, but he. I I don't think Slayton's going to be back. I just do not want Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I get it, but I'm just saying. Slayton is what he is, right? He's like a quality number three in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of what he is. Like, you know he's going to give you 700 yards. He could hit some big plays. He could do some verticals. He's like – he he would be perfect in, like, the Tony uh, – no, not Tony Pollard. Uh, Michael Gallup role in, in Dallas. Like, he's yeah. that guy, right? Yeah. But at least I feel like Odell, you can 
dream of something bigger. Like that, 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 that that's all it is though. It's his dreams because he's injury prone. He's injuries a, are the problem. I can't believe we're spending so much time on Odell. This is aggravating me. Um, I have, me, I have a question. Me, okay. Well, me, at least we'll get, solu- what's your, solu- give me your solution. You're bringing back Slayton. No, my solution is to be like, Hey, this is just because we made the playoffs. Doesn't mean we need to fill all our gaps. Yeah, but we're still how a couple are years you away. filling out the position next year? I would grab two high ceiling players. Or two, sorry, where? two low, two low floor players. Like where in free agency? Free agency, the draft. You know, guys, two high high floor players. Not, I don't need superstar. And and Daniel Jones has proven that that he can he doesn't need amazing wide receivers. The problem is, who is your primary pass catcher going to be? <laughs> I mean, That's who was problem. it last year? Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. And, and what what did the offense look like? I mean, it was ranked fifteenth. I'm not saying it's going to be great. I need a, I need a, I need an alpha at least that Daniel Jones could trust to throw the ball. Like I know this guy can win and separate and get open consistently. I'd rather trade like a second round pick for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. That's fine. DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, he doesn't come without any uh, concerns either. No doubt. It just depends what the it depend with Hopkins. It depends what the and older the, and a lot more money. It depends what the trade value is. Yeah. Like if Hopkins is getting like a high second, like now. Um, Honestly, I just think. But he, I mean, he look. You he gotta, doesn't fit. He doesn't fit smart, tough, dependable either. And he certainly more, doesn't. And he certainly doesn't fit the young guy either. I mean, he's in the same. You're same. No, but he's about Odell. But he's still a much better option than Odell. Yeah, of course. But he's also going to be a lot more expensive. That's true. So that's, I mean, that's why I, I wouldn't want to do any of those options. So, but that's why you got to come. Got to come up with some options. Joe Shane and Dave have to come out with some plan, right? That, that they think is going to be feasible. And they can, we can at least see, you know, the true – I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to sit here in year five and be like, well, again, Daniel didn't have enough weapons. But, you know, maybe in year six we'll get it right for him. We'll finally get him, you know, sufficient weapons. Well, no, I think – I mean, I just think heading into the offseason, uh, I think we kind of just thought, you know, because receivers are plentiful in the draft and we're kind of learning, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're picking 25 – where the top guys are going to go and then where like that second tier of guys are, it doesn't necessarily fit where we are at 25. And then obviously trading for a guy, signing guys. It's it's a the wide receiver one problem for the Giants is not going to be easily solvable as we thought earlier in the offseason. But I kind of yeah. want to get a I want to get a glimpse into your brain, Jordan, because you are going to Indy. Um, and obviously, you know, there are going to be things that you're you're going to be talking with, you know, Joe Shane, uh, other other Giants executives, you know, whoever you know, your connects are at Indy, even off that stage, um, you know, during those press conferences. So what are the things that you most want to know going into Indianapolis from whoever you talk to? Um, what are the things that you're looking to get out of Indianapolis and talking with, you know, talking with whoever? I think the point of Indianapolis is mostly through free agency. It's like, how are we going to fill out the secondary? What are we going to do? You know, which like, I think we should be able to come home from Indianapolis and say, all right, this guy has a good chance of being the Giants middle linebacker next year. Right. Okay. Like something, something along those lines. I, I don't like, what are their big moves this offseason going to be? Like they're going to add some wide receivers. They're going to add some weapons. I wouldn't even mind, by the way. And here's another solution for that. It, I, I say pass catcher. Like, if you want to draft, this is a strong tight end draft at 25, a high-end pass catching tight end, 
I'm actually a big fan of your number one receiver being a tight end. You know, I think there's room for that guy, pass receiving tight end, and uh, I want to call him Clay Bellinger every time. I mean, mm. I just, I, it's about it's about to come with Daniel Bellinger. Uh, but so I think I think that's an option that I would like to see if they're willing to explore. Uh, cornerback, how are we going to deal with that? Leonard Williams is also something I think we should have a, a grasp on. Yeah, they, there's got to be some something done with Leonard Williams. Like that contract is pretty crazy as it is now. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to make it work uh, numbers wise. Add a couple of years on restructure. I don't know. Cut him. Cut him is not a great option, but no, I don't think uh, that'll happen. That's a big number, though. Something you got to get something done. It's going to be tough because that defensive line market too is going to get crazy. It is already getting crazy. Last year, we saw guys like Austin Johnson getting like big contracts. Yeah. What do you What do you think when I tell you that Dexter Lawrence is going to get like twenty five million dollars a year? I think that's probably what will happen. It's crazy. That's where that that. That's where that market is going. We'll find out more about that in Indianapolis too. Like those are the kind of things you find out. Like free agency basically starts in Indianapolis. Gotcha. I, I hate to interrupt us. Saquon just resigned, according to Schefter. No, just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. Come on, come on. I was like, man, I was like, I can't believe you wouldn't text me. <laughs> I just wanted, to, I wanted to see the he does this shit all the time. I wanted to see the panic in your guys' faces. <laughs> um did i panic you i mean you like went you you went for your phone very quickly i i went for my phone because well, i did get a couple text messages so i just wanted to see what they are oh what well, do I, they say i appreciate oh, you not checking those my wife uh my wife there, there's a giant semi giant beat writer combo in there a couple texts mm. okay mm. um can't read those out loud. Can't read those out loud. <laughs> talking bad about you, Bobby. Um, can I? Me. Can I expand? I want to expand upon, uh, like what in terms of like what's your sense on the kind of offense the Giants want to have and the kind of offense the Giants want to run moving forward? Because obviously, it's it's kind of pulling hairs with asking that question because it's with Daniel Jones's price tag. Right? Are you going to be paying him close to forty million dollars? Well, then you should have an offense that that's dependent on your quarterback. And I also feel like that question very much pertains to Saquon Barkley as well. Um, so, you know, I'll I'll kind of I'll rephrase that same question to you. It's, yeah. Instead of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Well, if Daniel Jones is uh, wants, you know, if his demands, and he sticks to them. Those and there's not a middle ground that they find. The likelihood that Saquon Barkley walks becomes greater. Yeah, right. Because, uh, okay, here's where we're at right now. The Giants have Daniel Jones, and there there's a gap. There's they're not on the same page right now. They have to find a middle ground. So the franchise tag is now dedicated to him. The Giants would be more than willing to let. Saquon Barkley walk if they have to. You know, the choice is either your core, you, you, you get, because once Saquon Barkley gets to the market, then it becomes even bigger problem because then he could take offers from everybody. Now, I think Saquon in general probably has more value to the Giants than other teams. Like, I don't see that $16, $17 million offer out there for him. But somebody will offer him a good deal. And the second a guy is more likely to reach free agency, 
you know, the more likely he is to leave, obviously. So I think there is the real if – you, if you're a Saquon fan, there should be a real concern that that does happen, yeah. that he hits the market. And then once he hits the market, uh, he, he ends up leaving. And uh, the Giants, while they really like Saquon Barkley, I think Joe Shane kind of hinted at this in a season-ending press conference. Positional value matters to him. They have to take that into consideration. Resources, uh, positional value. They're willing to let my from the people I talk to if they have to let him walk. And, I was going to ask that because at the end of the season defense, press and conference, and the offense will look totally different, right? You don't—he's not your own your best player, right? I—I I, I was going to ask that because the end of the season press conference, like they were kind of glowing about Daniel Jones. He's basically slipped up and said he's going to be back. He did slip up, and, and then with Saquon, it became very businesslike, like you know, GM type answers. Like, is there are they? Is there a way they're quietly like? just ready to move on from it because of like of, of course you want a guy like Saquon Barkley on your team but because of the running back contract his I injury history have how number. he deals with injury are they like almost quietly like ready for him to walk I think they've convinced themselves that if he do, if, if it does get to that point he's a running back you know like that this is not Dave Gettleman right this right. is a regime that kind of understands like he plays running back we could fill that position this is a super strong running back draft, and Joe Shane loves the draft. I'm sure he's looking at it and saying, you know, we can get a couple mid-round running backs here that, that can really contribute right away. So I think they're resigning themselves to the fact that it might happen. I think they have a number where they would be willing to make it happen and make it stay. Well, the number we was reported was 12.5 mil, which I don't know if that's accurate or not. Like that I feel like Saquon would be insane was, to turn that down. It was more like... 12 with ways to get it up a little more, you know, close to 12 and a half, 13. I think if the Giants, I think there's a middle ground, right? The Giants are pretty intent. Okay, that's like kind of the most we're going to offer. But if they can get it up to like 13, like I think at the end of the day, that might, you know, 13. And then if it starts at 13, it can get up to 13 and a half. I think that's a middle ground that we might see as we get along here. And Because remember, the second we get towards that deadline, things ramp up once if the giants here's the here's a big part of it let's say the giants get a deal done with daniel jones now you have the the franchise tag to hold over saquon's head all of a sudden that 12 and a half million dollars 12 12 and a half 13 million dollars looks so much better right because your other reality is you're going to play on 10.1 million dollars on a one-year deal with no security which is your worst nightmare so that's why it's so important. The Giants are racing against the clock. That's why it's so important for the Giants to get that deal with Daniel Jones done. Yeah, I I mean, I think the Giants should treat it like the Steelers treat a Le'Veon Bell, where it's like, obviously, with Daniel Jones, they got a franchise tag and they can't. But like you said, where it's like, we'll franchise tag you. And, we'll, and then we'll franchise tag you again if we need to. And we're clearly still spending best, less money. Clearly the best business proposition. But there are there are reasons that that can be concerning he's a team captain he's a very well respected guy in that locker room right he's a guy that a lot of the guys look up to they go to they talk to uh he's publicly done everything right right throughout his time there if you don't reward him and then play hardball with him like that it could create a disconnect and a distrust with the front office say okay if they're not going to reward Saquon, 
Why should I trust that they're going to reward me? Yeah. So it's a very fine line. And the Saquon situation is very interesting. And that's why I said before, his value to the Giants, I believe, is greater than his value to any other team. Yeah. And I keep, you know, we keep kind of bouncing back between Barkley Jones, Barkley Jones. But Bobby, this is something that we didn't even talk about. You know, there's been the the rumblings that Daniel Jones felt a little slighted uh, about, you know, the Giants not picking up the fifth year option and good for him, right? Good for him for, you know, wanting, you know, wanting more money and, you know, feeling slighted going out there, you know, making a 2022 about like a prove it year. But it really kind of made me think about the times that Eli Manning towards the end of his career would give like these little slight nudges and these little slight, um, you know, slights, they're, they're slights towards the organization in terms of how they're not building around him. Um, it's not really a question, Jordan, but this is like the first time that I think we've ever felt Daniel Jones. He, he obviously didn't say anything, but it's the first time that we felt Daniel Jones give some sort of emotion that maybe he wasn't happy with what the front office w- w- was doing. What's your, what's your take on that? And is that impacting these contract negotiations? I think there's maybe been some, uh, I don't know the right word. I, I think maybe there's been some disappointment that over the years, they just haven't been able to put the team around them, but I don't think it's, you know, he's upset with the front office. This is a new front office. Right. right I think right. it's more like I'm upset with the situation and how it played out, right? Everything about it. First of all, we can sit here and talk about the 50-year option. Honestly, I don't think Daniel Jones is really that upset about it. You have, I think he understood. He had a neck injury where he missed the final six games of last season, okay? He has a new regime come in. How is that new regime off you missing, and you missing six games with a neck injury in any way, shape, or form, in any world, going to be able to pick up that, 50-year option. It was a known thing that they weren't going to pick it up. Like, they just couldn't in the situation that they were. And anyone who's sitting there saying they made a mistake, that's totally revisionist history. You just couldn't, in that spot, pick up his 50-year option. And you think that he he understood that? When Joe Shane... Yes, he has... Yes, he's very reasonable. I think he understood that. Joe Shane took over. It was either when he was hired or when Dayball was hired. He He was talking to the media... He brought up Sam Darnold's 50-year option being a disaster for Carolina, yeah. right? So it was known from, like, the second he was hired, you couldn't pick up the 50-year option. Yeah, it's – I'm, 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 like, basically done with – I just need these contracts and situations to re- be resolved <laughs> at this point. Would um, you guys be up – would you guys – how would you react if you, Daniel Jones got a contract for 40 or 40-plus 40 million a year? I just don't see – I know people will talk I, – I, I think the Giants have way more leverage than people realize with the franchise tag. And yeah. if you look at percentage of cap comparing to other contracts, it's like he's just n- does not have anywhere near the body of work to get that, where his body of work lands at like maximum of $36 million. And that's bigger percentages than guys like Ryan Tannehill – and other guys in that in those in those similar well, you gotta, situations. You got to calculate inflation a little bit. So that's why I'm 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 close. I'm like at 38. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you, Jordan. Where I kind of I kind of mocked something up that made sense in my brain, where it was five years, 190 million total, but then 60 percent of that being guaranteed. So the five year 190 is a 38 AAV. The the three years 110 million guaranteed is so that's 60 percent. That's around 36.67 AAV. But still, for me, Jordan, it's not even about the AAV. 
you know, and oh, is it 40? It's it's how it's structured. And that's where I think hopefully, you know, Joe Shane and, you know, I don't know what Kevin Abrams involvement is, whatever, whoever the numbers guy is, you know, in, in the organization that's negotiating this stuff. I'm hoping that just the structure of the deal, even if it's an AAV that we're a little uncomfortable with, it will give the Giants flexibility throughout whatever guaranteed years that that they have to continue to build up. And that where yeah, I, I, I think that's get, a very possible going to get three guaranteed years. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for the situation the Giants are in. Like, it doesn't do Daniel Jones any good to take a deal unless he's guaranteed the third year. Right. Otherwise, he'll just take the $70 million, right, guaranteed and hit free agency when the market's going to be through the roof in two years. Right. Yeah, so. it's, it's – well, I think they have the tag at their disposal. And, I mean, teams around the league aren't stupid. Nobody is planning on Daniel Jones hitting free agency. So, Daniel Jones really is not part of anybody's free agency plan, whereas if – if there was like an idea that they might let him just hit free agency where the Jets, the Saints, those type of teams might come calling, um, you know, and you hear rumors that Carr's contract could be 35 mil average annual. I know that he's older, but he also has a better body of work. So I just think the Giants think have more leverage than people realize. Yeah. I think they'll ultimately be in the same range when all said and done, it'll be below 40. If, if they, if, if they come to a deal, but if they, if Daniel Jones insists that his value is worth more than $40 million, well, guess what? He's going to get that franchise tag at $32.4 million. Yeah. Let's let's move off Daniel Jones, Saquon. Here's a, uh, something that hasn't been talked about much, I think partly because the Giants made the playoffs. What is the confidence level in the building around Evan Neal? Because everyone wants to compare it to Andrew Thomas. It's To me, it's not comparable. Andrew Thomas, by the end of his rookie season, was a successful rookie season. Evan Neal, I mean, he was, Evan Neal was the worst offensive lineman on the, on, on the starting unit at the end of the year, where Thomas was probably you know the best by the end of the year. Um, is there any worry about him because his issues are more physical than mental with like, you know, balance, you know, playing from, you know, playing a little slow? I think a little bit. I think there is. I mean, you can't sit there and watch the way he played and be super optimistic. Like, you, you have to be like, okay. Like, also, let's forget the path of Andrew Thomas's rookie year. To compare him to, like, the number of guys that's, that stunk their rookie years and stunk their whole careers, like, the percentage is way higher than the guys who followed the career path of Andrew Thomas. Right? Andrew Thomas is in the minority, right, at this point. Like, the likelihood is if you're really struggling, you're not good at it usually doesn't correlate to being an all pro like the, that, that, that line of thinking doesn't make sense to me. So I agree with you on that. I think there are, yes, there is some concern with him. There's belief that he was, I think injured though, and that that affected him. And especially when we're talking about balance and that that's always been the knock on him. Right. The fact that he was dealing with ankle problems, I think uh, it was ankle, right? Ankle? No, it was the shoulder. Hmm. Evan Neal? Yeah. Thomas is the ankle guy. Oh, right, right, right. I'm confusing him. Right, right. Uh, but they, they, to me, that what was told to me was that they said they thought he was injured, and when he came back, he played better for a little while. But, like, that was contributing to it, and that's a part why the struggles existed. But you can't be – there is concern. There is. That's the bottom line. Uh, and I will say this. I had somebody before the draft. He works for another team, but he told me he thought that Neil was a a, a guard and interior lineman in the NFL. And you're like, what? what? Really? Okay. 
I think that's also a fallback. I think that the Giants have, would be would be smart to keep that in the back of their head. Also, okay, maybe he is better off on the interior because of the concerns that are out there about him. They they kind of still they showed up right. Everything you thought was somewhat concerning with him proved to be concerning this past year. So I think that has to be in the back of their mind as like an alternative option if it doesn't go well next year. Yeah, I think his I think his growth is like one of the biggest temples of how the offense does next year. Like like if he if he becomes a, a solid even just a solid player next year, that makes the offense I mean, he was an issue. Like there was a, a big issue with him at the end of last season. Speaking of offensive line, the interior, I know that's something that gets talked about a lot. Is that a position that we could see that doesn't get a ton, a ton of tinkering this offseason? Because you have Gawinski under contract. Azudu showed somewhat promise. I don't know how serious that neck injury is. And then, you know, you expect either Gates or Feliciano to be back. Is that a position where it's like they, you have Bredesen, where it's like you don't have great position, but like they feel confident enough where this isn't a position we need to go and try and overhaul? I, th- I think that's one where it depends on how they spend their money, right? If they have to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones, that might be one that they have to sacrifice, right? Okay, we'll throw another veteran into the mix and hope to get by there. Uh, you know, add insurance, add tackle, something like that. Like, But yeah, it, it might be. I think that's another position, though, by the way, we're going to find out where, how the Giants think and believe at the combine about center. Yeah, like we're going we're gonna to see, like, do they want to go back to, you know, their guy in Feliciano, who is, you know, Dave Ball and Shane's guy from Buffalo, or do they think Nick Gates, okay, he's healthy now, he's good enough, we can put him at center, or do we attack center in the draft mm. and then bring back a mediocre center in the meantime and, and uh, worry about, it, you know, worry about that later? I mean, I, I think the logical thing is even if even if you were going to take a center in the first round, bringing Gates back would make sense. He's not going to command a lot, and now he has a off. He's tw- he's four years younger than Feliciano. When he played center, he was better than F- Feliciano, and it's like okay, now he has an off season to actually. Get Do we really know how they feel about Gates at center, though? That's the question. That's the but that's the question. I, I all logic. I don't. I don't. I mean, and that's that. what I, I think. We'll have a better idea after the combine. Okay. Um. But yeah, they're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to do something because the offensive line. Are you talking with him, trying to break that news once it comes out? You already asked him for it, huh? You already asked him for it. I did. You already told him, Gates. You know, talking Giants versus the world. You got to give it to me. Mm. This is true. I I hate I hate badgering players about anything that has to do with business. I would never do that either. By the way, that's not. I would never say that to somebody. It's not the way I would operate. What do you they mean? want to give me if they want to give me something they can. I'll never be like, "Yo, you got to give this to me, and I need you to give this to me." Blah blah blah. No, I didn't say you have to, but like, but like, do you ask? Like, what's going on with contract talks? Not right now, because I told you, let me get through the combine. The combine's everything, man. Like, we'll find out at the combine where that situation is. Okay. Yeah, the combine seems to just be one big smoozing event. Mm. Um, let's see. Let's see. I have a question. Go for it. Um, Jordan, uh, do you feel the need to apologize to Bobby about uh, like really defending, outwardly defending Andrew Thomas for, for all these years? Because I remember there would be debates. Oh, yeah. Last, last year on the, on the pod, he debate. came at us. Oh, my God, yeah. Do you, do you feel the need to apologize? I didn't think Andrew Thomas was going to get to all pro level. So I will take the L on this one. 
I will apologize. Wow. You were right on Andrew Thomas. I thought it was a big jump. You were, I, I thought we had, I thought it was, he was a good, not great player, but he is definitely, he evolved this year into a high end, top notch, uh, all pro caliber uh, left tackle. So you were, not you were right caliber, on that one, All Bobby. pro. Huh? Not all pro caliber, all pro. Well, he made second team all pro. That's second right. team all pro. I quietly kind of disagreed with that, though. I thought Larry Tunsil had a better year than him, um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about that. Um, good for you, Jordan. I'll take you out now. You're a good man. You own up to it. I mean, he was great. There's no way around it. He had an awesome year. Yeah. See, I the, thought all- I thought he capped out on like a little bit lower. Like I thought his his ceiling was like okay, he could be like a Pro Bowl type guy, not. At the next level. Mm. Bobby was right. Always in. Hey, you got to be right once in a while, Bobby. So but Name one thing I've ever been wrong. Never lost. Ever. Never been wrong in your life. Ever. I'm, I've been wrong on very little with the Giants. I'm trying to... Th- like, Justin, what's like an L I've taken over the last year? Quincy Roche. I still think I was right on that. O'Shane Zimenez was a zero for this team. <laughs> of course. You're gonna be Everyone right always brings up the he's training right camp cuts. He's, Here's the he's, thing. He's, Everyone always on, brings up the training the camp cuts. Squad. Ryan Connolly. He's on the practice squad for like two oh years. Oh, God. Here we That's, go. But here's the thing is everyone everyone brings up because those are like the things people are like, well, this guy didn't turn out to anything. Like Ryan Connolly. And I view those as my biggest Ws. Like O'Shane Zimenez gave them nothing. Nothing this year. He was a useless player. Quincy Roche would have affected the game more than him. I actually like Quincy Roche. I'm arguing against him. I like Quincy Roche. So, I mean, I, I actually with you on that. Mm. Like Ryan Connolly, people like, see, Ryan Connolly. You got so mad about Ryan Connolly. I was like, you know what I was more mad about? Was Monte that Devontae Downs. Downs was starting games at linebacker for us. The fact that take if we didn't have Tate Crowder work out as a Mr. Irrelevant, we would have Devontae Downs starting at linebacker all year long. Mm. So, it's like, I was right about It's just, if a guy doesn't impact the game and is a great player, doesn't mean I'm not going to defend them against the other ba- like bad. They're just less bad than... So like, basically, quick. so basically, Bobby's not going to take an L for anything. I got. No, right, I, right, I right. have Just a feeling. Justin, that's how we're working here. I, I wanted a, to trade Saquon for like a fifth round pick last year. I'll take an L on that. I I have a feeling that we're going to take an L on Odell being back. I I'm getting I'm getting feelings. I'm getting nah, feelings get that he's excited. coming back. I wouldn't get too excited about that yet. Well, I'm not excited. I, I'm with Bobby. I, I I don't want it to happen. But you know uh, what I mean. I wouldn't get yeah. too high on that one yet. It's all about money. We're gonna find out in Indianapolis. Like we're gonna we're gonna find out everything that the Just Giants hopefully he can make it doing. on the flight to sign this contract. E- everything that the Giants are gonna be about the next couple months, we're gonna find out in Indianapolis this week. And I'm so excited to find out from Jordan Rana. Um, let's see. I'm trying to is there any other uh, so the Saquon thing I was wrong about. I tried. I, mean, to I guess provide. Daniel Jones. I put him at being back on the roster at twenty five percent. That's yeah. an L. Um, I, the thing is, I don't even know football. I just I just spend my entire life dedicated to the New York Giants, where it's like I just listen. I I kind of know this team in and out. It's mm. like it's it's like if you asked me to talk about the Steelers, I would have a ton of those. It's just the Giants. I put way too much time and effort into this. Um. Yeah, do we have anything else, Justin? So you're, before we so go? you're gonna nitpick my one L, my one L there? Is that what you guys are doing? That's what just mm. happened here. Yeah, 
I yeah, mean, you definitely. you went after Bobby though. That's the thing. You were you two were going at it. It was on this we part last year. I made, I made a joke about how something like he was going to put uh, Andrew Thomas, I believe, in the Hall of Fame or something. Yeah, you do like busting his balls though. That is, is there any? Is there any other Jordan L we could think of? Oh my God! Not crediting Danny King. That was an L. <laughs> we already went over that. You're so fraudulent with that, Bobby. I can't even. I can't even sit here and have this conversation. <laughs> You would have won the Tony Award if he credited. <laughs> Here, let's do, all right. Let's finish off talking Tony Award. I know this people are like over it at this now, and I'm kind of over it too. So the rules originally, we thought that the good guy award you couldn't win for two years after you won it. So supposedly not. So I guess Duggan is back in the running. We were thinking about changing the voting system. Um, I do. Part of me wants to – it's become a real award now to where I almost want to scrap it. Like, what What are your thoughts on it? That doesn't make any sense. So it's like a real award you don't want to scrap it? I mean, originally it was a joke that we were making fun of the good guy award. Yeah, so, yeah, basically. Well, I mean, you, your, your fans hate all the B-Reders anyway, so I think the joke still lives. Wow. So, Here's the thing, though, is, is Duggan – I mean, Duggan's the, the fan favorite, right? So I think you it, really be... should make it least favorite, and that's when it, no, that's... it's too mean. Oh, like Bobby cares. Well, and and it became like the award is not sure if you're a good person, but best Giants reporter. And some of the votes on there were like this: this person is not a good reporter; they're just a nice person, you know. Some like some of the some of the I won't say which place because they'll get away, but someone who got like between fourth and sixth place, I was like. What's going on here? This person doesn't do anything. Like he, he just, so <laughs> we'll see. And me, myself, and Justin and Danny forgot to vote this year. Like I was that important? Do- was that important to you? I would have voted for Zach. Is like a goodbye present? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. So, and we were thinking about making Danny King a beat reporter, and uh, like giving the award to him next year. Which he's he's doing an intern like he's he's on well, his way there. Well, he's working just, in sports he's media just now. Just the information we talk about again, and then then he could he could qualify him as a B writer. See, here's where that got went wrong. Is I I texted you to give you that information, and you did. A, oh, I already know about that. So I was like, fine, I'll give the inf- information to Danny King and let him break it. Mm. Um, he's working for TMZ now, by the way. Yes, out in LA. Really? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's interning, but he's not. Which is kind of weird because I kind of, I'm like, I don't want Danny King to become like a paparazzi guy. It's like, I I love Danny King. I don't want to hate him if he's, if he's like running in people's faces, but (laughs) uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we're, we're working on turning him into a beat reporter one day, even if he doesn't want to do that. Keep giving him info. What's coming up on your podcast that people can look out for? I don't know. Actually, this week is a TBD. We're gonna we're gonna do. Uh, I'll take a lot of questions this week. Probably like after the combine. It's probably like I'll do like a massive like uh, Giants after dark type mailbag where mm-hmm. I'll answer everyone's questions and get out all the information that I keep basically not gonna fit into stories. So some something along those lines. So we'll see. I don't know if there's uh there's a lot of things that go with like i'm not like you guys i'm not gonna bring all this uh equipment to uh indianapolis true to bang out a podcast like do it by you know as, as a one-man solo crew it's not how i operate 
That's a that's actually an I can't actually, po- I can't do it. There's reasons I can't, but there's speaking of uh when you had us on, you guys released that podcast mid fan fest, which we were like, oh, now one's like it's hard to get people's attention on it on a Friday night. It's like next time if you do have us on, it's gotta be like come out on a Tuesday. Like that's I think that was intentional. No, I mean it's me being like the hard part is so the schedule in general, I mean, that that's a different part of the year, so that was different. But in general, like, I'm fly, if I'm flying home on Monday and I'm coming home and your off day is Tuesday, but then, you know, I have some things with the family. Like, the, the next thing you know, you're stuck in the, the back of the week. I would love – the idea should be to get out of podcast early in the week. That's when it's best. I agree. But it's yeah. not always feasible. We'll be back down there with the van and training camp. Excited for that. So we'll – We'll figure it all out then. Yeah, Jordan. let's make sure it's taped on a Monday. That's the ideal time. Okay. Let's do it. Monday. All right, Jordan. Thanks again for uh, jumping on. We'll we'll talk soon. Appreciate you. All right, fellas. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your <laughs> Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, thanks, Jordan, for coming on. Justin, I was thinking we were talking about my L's. I like... F- I had like a few L's I forgot to bring up. I thought Kenny Galladay would be a solid wide receiver for the Giants this year. Yeah. Um, is 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 like Tony hype an L or is it be like did injuries stop it? No, I, I, I don't blame anybody for getting really excited about him. Yeah, so I I, I won't count Tony, but Galladay was definitely like I thought. I mean, on our PPP, I thought Galladay would not be a cut this year offseason. Because I was like, I was going off of what he did in 2021, which was a solid wide receiver, and I, I thought he was, I thought he'd be a decent, a good player for the Giants in this new scheme. I, w- I was wrong, so that that's that's a huge L that Jordan Renan should have brought up, and that's something we argued about when we were on his podcast. So that is true. Yeah, he was the one that was saying he's just slow, he's lethargic. Uh, but I mean, even even you could be the average Joe in training camp, and you could say Kenny Galladay looks slow, he looks lethargic, blah blah blah. Even watching Kenny Galladay in training camp and just knowing the price tag and knowing the wide receiver, like he is supposed to be a wide receiver one, you can't tell me that somebody would have predicted that he would have less than 10 catches on the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was like in current camp, they were targeting downfield. He had some tough contested catches. It was just, it just went all, yeah, went even, so bad. Even like the Gald, even Galladay's worst haters and maybe even Tony's like biggest doubters too. It's crazy how much what went wrong for the Giants this year on so many fronts where even the biggest naysayers couldn't predict how like non-productive those two players would be. Yeah, it's insane. Um want a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so funny like when people talk about preseason expectations and we're like this offense can be better than people thought. A lot of that predicated on the wide receiver room having talent of yep. Galladay, Tony, staying healthy. Shep, Wandale and and by by, by, None of them. by week three, three of those guys were totally out of the picture, and Juan Dale wasn't even on the playing at that point. He comes back, gets injured fairly quick. So funny. I was it's like literally two third stringers and a guy not on the roster yep. were the starting receivers, and we're like, not not the worst group ever. <laughs> uh so all right, we'll be back on Friday. Uh so I'm, I, I'm not exactly sure what we'll we'll get to. Uh, the combine will just get rolling at that point. So maybe maybe we'll do something special for you guys. But anyways, we'll see you then. Oh, also, wait. I combine video. I should have brought this up at the top. 
Uh, go check out the JM Entertainment Channel and the JM Football Channel because we have released the John Boy Media Scouting Combine. Um, there are some videos that have been released. Definitely the 40-yard dash is out on the JM Entertainment Channel. So uh, that's like my big production that I do every single year. So if you can go check it out, if you can give it a like, and if you can leave it a nice little comment. And I think it's entertaining too. The video is like around 10 minutes, so it's not even that long of a watch. And I think it's funny, and you get to see all of us uh, – Run 40-yard dash is very slow. Word Appreciate up. you guys. I'm excited. For, I'm, I'm excited for that. So um, we'll see you Friday. Enjoy the combine. Until then, let's go Big Blue.